Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Across the Tracks podcast for the last day of May 2020. And I am Wayne. And I am Steve, with wishing you a good and happy Sunday evening, the last day of May. Yeah, yeah, yeah. May went by like a blur, but man, did we have a lot of excitement in the month of May. And uh, we'll get to some of that later on. Uh, But to back it up, how was your week, sir? Well, it was good. It was (laughs) good. You know, I've got a goal to, um, well, I've I've had a goal to run a thousand miles a year uh, since 2010. And I'm about 120 some miles away and I got six weeks to go. So it was good, and then uh, this morning I got out to do my run, and I'll be like Forrest Gump, something bit me. <laughs> <laughs> so I almost didn't make it home, man. I, uh, carotid uh, nerve got me, man. I got about a mile into my run and said, I'm going to tough it out, but, man, it was a beast, man. It was a beast. Wow. I'm like, oh, my Come on, Steve, you can make it. You can make it. I, I was going to run four. I said, hell, I'm not running four. I'm going to try to make three. Uh, you can make three. I I made it, but uh, I'm going to have to take a day off and, yeah. and hopefully um, rejuvenate and maybe just going to have to take it real easy, but get my miles in, but take it a lot slower. Right, right, right. You know, age is no fun, you know, and when you come down with the injury, and I've been fighting this thing for probably five weeks, you know, it's gotten better, and then today it just came back and bit me. But other than that, the rest of the week was good, you know, other than doing yard work and stuff like that. Finally got my fraternity guys to finally become members of the fraternity today. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, that, they've been uh, on on COVID uh uh delay for six to eight weeks now six weeks and so we got that in that's where when i i talked to you i was just getting back from that so other than that that's about it how about yourself same old same old man working and and uh confined to uh a a space (laughs) you know that uh consists of going to places to get takeout back home walk around the block back home. That's it. And so uh, work continues, still working remotely and uh, into May. So we'll start the 1st of June tomorrow. So uh, I thought about returning back to my office, but uh, did a lot of yard work today. I'm beat, man. So after we're finished the broadcast tonight, I'm going to sleep in and then all I got to do is get up and walk downstairs to the basement and go to work. So I'm not trying to get dressed to go to the office tomorrow. So yeah, I know, man. I'm I'm beating myself, and I, after running, I came back, got got up on my feet, and got this fraternity stuff out of the way. I went over and had to set that up for guys coming in from Chicago and stuff, man. And yeah. I got home, and Lynn says, "Well, did you? How's your hip go?" I go, "I didn't sit down." <laughs> I said, "I've been going since ten o'clock this morning," and when I walked through the door, I said, "Man." Just let me change, get grab something to eat, and then I'll uh, you know, get up here and go into my little my little studio. 
<laughs> and get this podcast going. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll discuss what we need to discuss, and uh, you know, let everybody rest their bodies, <laughs> and uh, you know, because we're not twenty five no more, so we just don't bounce back like we used to. So, <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll discuss our topics, and uh, you know, let it let the bodies rest, and uh, and get ready for another week. So, yep, yep. Um, Yep. So we want to kick it off tonight. You know, we we know what's going on around the country. But before we get into um, those topics, I've I've got a positive story I want to throw out. And this has to do with uh, the Air Force, which I am a proud member retired of. Um, A couple of weeks ago, there was a Howard University graduate. Her name is Remoshe Nelson. Not no related to me, uh, but she is the first black female Thunderbird pilot. Oh, nice. Yeah. So the Thunderbirds, uh, every service has their uh, demonstration team. The Navy has the Blue Angels. The Army has the uh, Golden Knights. They parachute team. And the Air Force has the Thunderbirds. Uh, They fly uh, modified F-16 jets. They do demos all over the country. Well, Miss Nelson, uh, captain, she's a captain. Uh, She is the first black female pilot to join that demonstration team. So that is a huge milestone. And so we want to send our congratulations to Captain Nelson uh, being a part of that fraternity. And hopefully, um, don't know what's happening with COVID-19, but hopefully here in the near future, um, hopefully I'll get a chance to see the latest Thunderbird uh, show uh, around the country somewhere at a base near me. And uh, hopefully I'll get to see her in action. Yeah, that's that's nice. That's nice. Um, you know, I'm part of the uh, Tuskegee Airmen chapter that's okay. in Indianapolis. Okay. And so we uh, we always publicize stuff like that. So I'll have to bring it up in our next uh, meeting on the second Tuesday of uh, yeah. this month. Yeah, that's that's good news. Good that, news. Yeah, that is huge. And um, again, I, I've been watching the Thunderbirds for years. You know, on active duty, I'd see the Thunderbirds probably at least twice a year at air shows around either at the base I was stationed at or, you know, I'd happen to be, you know, somewhere else and the Thunderbirds would fly in or whatnot. And you never, I don't think, I don't ever remember a black male pilot as part of the Thunderbirds. I don't Mm -hmm. know that. So this is huge. Um, And there may have been a black male pilot. I just don't remember one when you, when you saw the team, Uh, a lot of crew chiefs, uh, their, their support group. Yeah. You had a lot black airmen uh, supporting the team, but this is huge. Uh, And this is an inspiration to all young girls, especially young black females, that, hey, you can achieve, uh, you know, something of this magnitude, it's possible. It's possible yep. if you yep. work hard. And uh, she's a Howard grad, HBCU grad, so uh, much props to Captain Nelson. Much props. Yes, sir. That's good. That's good. Congratulations, Captain Nelson. Yeah. Well, I, I've got one. This is a, you know, this is a small thing, but it's a big thing. Yesterday, I uh, happened to come in from uh, cutting my grass and... Uh, Lynn is, um, and her sister Stacy is sitting intensely watching something. And I go, what's, what's going on? They said, well, the, uh, SpaceX is getting ready to launch a, a rocket. We're going to, America's going to send man back to uh, space for the first time since, um, 
2011, I think it is. Yep, yep. When they when they retired the space shuttle. Yep, 2011. Yep. Yep. So I said, well, that's 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 awesome. So I sat there and watched that, and uh, it was it was it was cool. You know, it was different in the fact that you know it it kind of reminded us as we were growing up as we watched the Saturn V rockets and the uh, you know the Gemini you know just had one big long engine and then up it went you know now the space shuttle is a little bit different because they had two engines and you know that thing was, was super fast the space shuttles and this kind of reminds me uh, I think the rocket was a Falcon 9 yep. Falcon 9 was the name of it yep. and it kind of reminded me of the Saturn uh, launches because you know you could see it and track it a long ways you know so um, unlike the space shuttle space shuttle was gone I mean I mean it was out of there but this was this was a a big step for America now we don't have to rely upon the Russians to put you know Americans back in space since we uh, since we uh, retired our space shuttle fleet so you know everybody was there and you know just like it was when we were growing up right right a lot of people were watching it and so on so it was kind of neat uh for them to do that and of course the uh, booster rocket landed on a barge out in the uh, atlantic ocean you know perfect timing you know 30 minutes or 25 to 30 minutes after the thing um launched uh the main engine was stuck back on on earth Right, you right. know, and was just sitting there floating on the bar, so they can reuse that thing. And it was a private private um, partnership with NASA and SpaceX or uh, uh, Elon Musk. And it's very, very positive thing because, you know, I've always been a, a Trekkie, a space guy. So to me, that was a positive thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, again, America's back. Back in the space, and, uh, you know, I'm not sure what the future holds for, you know, sp- space exploration. There's talks about going to Mars and and putting, uh, landing on the moon again here in the near future. I think I uh, heard of 2024, possibly going back to the moon again, and who knows what happens after that. Uh, the crew on this particular mission are, are actually on the International Space Station, so um, they were there to, you know, sent there to do some work and whatnot, so it's, it's a good thing. It, it's it's a good thing. And again, you know, reusable rocket. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, you know, with, uh, NASA spent millions and millions and millions of dollars, you know, launching rockets. And, you know, those rockets, once they were launched, that was it. They were done. They splashed down the ocean or came back, you know, burn up during reentry into the atmosphere, whatever. But those rockets couldn't be used again. Whereas SpaceX, they've got a product that, you know, it will save save a lot of money and they're a private entity so um the government is partnered with them but they're footing all the bill for it so <laughs> yeah so. yeah the government uh, has got other things to pay for like uh testing uh, oh right. my bad my bad my bad <laughs> oops that yeah. slipped out yeah That's- <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. We're, we're still in the midst of COVID-19. And uh, I don't know about Indiana, but here folks are easing up off restrictions. And um, I'm a little leery because people are out and about. They're not wearing masks. People are gathering in restaurants. I was at a place last night 
we did take out and I went to pick it up and the restaurant was packed with people and nobody's wearing masks. The people at the restaurant, the servers were not, they're wearing masks, but the patrons who are coming in, they're not. And I'm, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask like, why are you letting these people in here? You got on a mask. Why aren't you asking them? Where's your mask? But they didn't. And so people are out and about they're, they're, you know, some people are abiding by the by the rules that the governor set forth, but most people are just being cavalier about it. And uh, hopefully nothing backfires and this thing doesn't spark again. But that's what's going on here is, uh, you know, people are just ignoring uh, not all, but uh, but a faction of the community is ignoring the uh, the guidelines that have been put forth and. Hopefully it doesn't backfire on us. Yeah, they're trying to ease up things here in Indiana uh, Indiana as well. Indianapolis, Marion County has always been the big hotspot because it has the largest population. But, um, yeah, they're um, letting some of the private businesses open and stuff like that. And they can go – people can go back to the mall, you know, things like that. So, Yeah. yeah, that's where we are. And hopefully it doesn't come back to bite folks in the behind. Let's hope not. Let's hope not, because we have so many other things that are uh, drawing attention. (laughs) You know, COVID-19 is competing with something else uh, that's going on in the country right now. We sort of hit on some of it last week, and we're going to hit on it again this week uh, because we had a tragic event occur. Uh, I think it was Memorial Day. Um, that was the uh, the murder of Mr. George Floyd uh, in Minneapolis, and uh, just just heartbreaking, man, to watch that video. Um, and I I have to tell you, man, I I, I mentioned it last week. That I said oh, I was tired of being black, <laughs> and and we chuckled about that because we know, yeah, we might be tired, but we got to be who we are, right? And we're black men in, in America, so uh, we got to be who we are, but. To watch that video uh, and the way they treated that that man, Mr. Floyd, um, it was it was it was heart wrenching and it was despicable. And now he's dead. And so there have been protests all over the country. Um, we had a protest in Denver here. Nothing here in Colorado Springs, but we had a protest in Denver. And I'm sure you guys had something in Annapolis, a big city. I'm sure they had something going on there. And we need to show some love uh, to our hometown, uh, Elizabethtown, Kentucky. Um, they had a protest last night uh, down in the square. It was peaceful. Yep. And uh, I want to say, I mean, much, much love uh, to the to the citizens of E-Town uh, for doing that. Um, no issues. It was a peaceful protest. But it shows that people are conscious, even in a small town, people are conscious of what's going on around the country. And to come out and support um, George Floyd, his family, and and to do it in a peaceful manner says a lot about uh, our hometown. So uh, much love, much appreciation for them uh, staging that uh, peaceful protest last night. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, um, I'm sitting here as we're uh, talking about this. It was a a diverse group of folks that was there. And I'm looking at the pictures right now uh, down at the uh, courthouse, the old courthouse, courthouse square. And, um, yeah, it's it was kind of unique because one of our our classmates went Facebook live and I just happened to be happened to look at Facebook and it was going live at that time. 
I think I texted you and said, hey, this is going on in E-Town right now. But, uh, yeah, even in E-Town, it was, uh, you know, people standing up for the rights of individuals. Here in Indianapolis, they protested, and the protesting got got out of hand, of course, like other other major cities. And to be honest, it's kind of odd. I think it's kind of odd for Indianapolis to even do something like that. It has to be something very uh, significant when and folks in Indianapolis decide that they're going to go out and protest and so on. And there's got violent. They, you know, smashed up windows downtown and burned up, you know, stuff, which is, you know, I, I feel is is ridiculous to do that. And, and we'll have a conversation about that here in a little bit. But I feel if you're going to protest, you know, protest, you know, don't become um, assholes, you know, um, do what you have to do, protest, be peaceful about it. But it doesn't mean that, you know, if a cop is going to hit me in the head, I- I'm probably going to swing back, you know, but I'm not going to, me personally, I'm not going to provoke them. Right. right. You know, and so I-, I think what we're starting to see is that in some of these cities, um, some folks are showing up and getting people's fired up to do certain things and then they back out of it. So it makes it look like this group is actually doing it when somebody else is the catalyst for that stupidity. What, what about you, man? What's your thoughts on that? Well, I, you, you, you know, it's been mentioned that, um, you know, a lot of, especially in Minneapolis, you know, they found that a lot of people that were instigating a lot of the, a lot of the, the rioting and the looting and whatnot, they were from people from outside the community. And um, any time, you know, and we've seen this in the past, we saw when the Rodney King case, you know, L.A. burned down and, you know, there were people there that probably probably weren't interested in, you know, the rights of Rodney King. They were there right. because they saw an opportunity right. to act a fool. And, and 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 once people do that, nine times out of ten, it comes back on us. You know, the the, the we're, we're the ones that were like, hey, we, we, we need to protest. We need to exercise our First Amendment rights. And we're out there doing it in a peaceful manner for the most part. But then you got a few knuckleheads who throw bricks through windows and they start setting fires to things. And it makes the peaceful protesters look bad because people say, see, look, look, see, see, see what they're doing. See what they're yep. doing. Yep. And we always get that, man. But contrast to that, and we were talking about that before you came on the air, contrast that to, I think it was a couple of years ago, uh, UK won something. They won, uh, they was either on their way, road to the final four, they won a big game or whatnot, and they were riding in downtown Lexington. But nobody called that, they were, you know, they were, they were doing what they were doing, but nobody called that a riot. They were turning over cars. They were doing all that kind of stupid crap. But no one, you know, called the police, made a big issue of it. They're just blowing off steam, you know, because the team won a game. 
it does it doesn't happen like that for us when we're involved and we're standing up for the rights of someone who's been victimized. It never plays out that way for us. And so I, I'd like to throw that in there. What's your take on that? Yeah, that's I agree with you 100 percent. We there's uh, an element in the media or in society that says that anything black is negative and we can whitewash the white issues, the white problems that are were created and so on. And so, you know, when uh, certain sports franchise, franchises win a World Series or a Super Bowl or uh, a World Cup or something like that, people get out there and they you know, have a hell of a time and they burn up stuff and throw up stuff and break windows and they go into, uh, uh, shops and, and, um, take stuff out of there, you know? So it's the same thing. just a different, different light that people are seeing it, you know? And as far as Minneapolis goes, you know, I I just happened to be talking to my daughter, talking to Stephanie and she goes, well, Dad, I just happened to be watching, I was streaming um, uh, stuff live. And goes, she goes, you know, the, the people that were agitating, she goes, they were white guys that were agitating up there. there. There's one guy, she goes, this one guy had on a black shirt, a black hoodie, and a mask or a gas mask. And he broke the window and, and other people went in after it, you know, so... I said, well, what did he, she, she goes, he had a damn umbrella yeah. trying to hide, Yeah. you know, so, yeah. yeah. and then, and then, and then other people, like you said, opportunists, you know, that, wow, somebody's going to be a riot tonight, so we can go get some free shit, right, you know, right. so we can, we can break into Best Buys and we can go get that 75 inch TV now. Those are the people that I feel that they're taking advantage of the situation and they are are basically trying to get stuff free. Right, right. Now, on the other side of that, people are going to agree, you know, the, the people that think that the right way, the far right way is the right way, they're going to say, well, see, that's all that they're interested in. They're not interested in really... Uh, protecting people's rights. They're not interested in any peaceful protest. They're just looking for an opportunity. Yeah. 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 And and it, 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 nine times out of 10, it comes back on, uh, it comes back on us, you know, and and it, 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 it makes the people who are out there for the legitimate reason, it makes them bad. And, and, and the media picks up on that and see, look, see what they do. And we're all lumped into the same basket. And it's unfortunate. And I wish people would stop that, man. Every, every time something like this happens and people are exercising their First Amendment rights to protest, then people got to go and they got to burn down and loot stuff in their own neighborhood. And I'm I'm wanting like, don't you realize you're hurting your own interest? Yeah. You're burning down a grocery store that feeds you, your family, and other families in that neighborhood. You're burning down a barbershop. You're burning down a, a drugstore. That those entities are vital to your community, and you burn them down. 
I don't get that, man. Yeah, and it may and they may not ever come back. And they may never. I come. mean, especially with our our um, economy right now, there are people that are probably still trying to get, you know, those checks from the government. Right. That are right. small business owners. Right. And now their stuff is burned up. Right. And, and it's sad, man, because I mean, what what are you thinking about when you're out there, and you're taking advantage of the situation? You live and maybe you do. Maybe you live in that neighborhood. Maybe you're not someone from outside, but you live in that neighborhood. And, you know, Mr. So-and-so's had a barbershop in that neighborhood for years. He cut your dad's hair. He's cut your hair, blah, blah, blah. Then what mentality causes you to throw a brick through Mr. 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 Smith's barbershop window and trash his barbershop? I mean, you don't know what went in the struggle he had to make to get that barbershop up and running. You don't know. And now because you've burned it down, like you say, he may never be able to recover that and, and right. bring that institution back to the neighborhood. And when other entities see that you have no pride in your community, if you're going to burn your community to the ground, guess what? We're not coming in there to help you build it. Why should we put other things in that community when we don't know if you're willing to do what responsible citizens have to do to protect institutions in that community? So it, it's it's bad when people do that. I wish they would stop doing that, man. Yeah, and, and insurance companies, why are we going to insure you when this right. stuff happens? Right, right. You know, so you're you're – you're hurting yourselves by doing that. You're hurting, hurting your own community by doing that. You know, yeah. hell, everybody's got a cell phone. If one person's an agitator and he doesn't look like he's from your neighborhood, take a picture of his ass and send it to the cops. Right. Right. No, seriously. No, I mean, I, you ain't got, you ain't, you don't have to snitch. You just have to text. Right. Right. You don't have to snitch. Right. Just tweet. Right. And you don't when, have to snitch. Right. IG their ass. Right, right, and and it's it's happening, you know, uh, all over, man. These protests and people people are taking advantage of the situation, and they're they're inflicting pain upon their own community. Um, or if you're from the outside, you're inflicting pain upon the people. You're going to be gone tomorrow. You're going to go back to wherever your ass came from, but you've inflicted pain on a community. That obviously you don't care about. You don't care about Mr. Floyd. You don't care about anybody else that has been um, unjustly killed by the police. And we've seen marches in the past and peaceful protests and situations like this break out. These people coming in. You obviously you don't care about anything going on there. You're taking advantage and you're inflicting pain on that community, more pain on that community, because you've burned down institutions that are vital um, to the health and welfare of the people that live in that community. And it's unfortunate. And people do. Hey, turn these knuckleheads in. If you know, like, you know, they don't belong here. If somebody looks strange, uh, turn their ass in. You know, uh, it's your community that's on the line. And it's unfortunate that uh, Minneapolis, so many things have burned down in Minneapolis. Uh, it's unfortunate. So, yeah. and, uh, and, you know, once again, let's get back to the main issue. And that is the idea that, you know, we don't have the opportunity to protect ourselves. 
We don't have the opportunity to get that job. We don't have the opportunity to live and be free because someone has taken the notion that, you know, I'm going to do this, you know, and to me, the officer had no remorse, none whatsoever. None. That's the thing that I think that's the thing that pissed people off the most is that you have somebody sitting there and they're videotaping this guy. And he said, to hell with you. I'm going to leave my leg. I'm going to leave my knee just where it's at. And the guy is the guy is begging for help. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. And 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 everyone knows. Well, people should know that when you put somebody down on their chest, okay, and you're on their back, that's gonna that's gonna collapse their lungs, so they're not gonna be able to breathe. Right, right. You know, so right. Uh, people are saying that. Well, you know, he was he he did something to um, warrant, you know, them taking him down. He he was resisting arrest. Uh, well, the film doesn't say that. Right. You know, even once they got got uh, him in custody, he was calm. He was sitting down. That, 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 you know, right. That, that's another lie that law enforcement uses. The other lie is I feared for my life. The other lie is he was resisting. And, you know, the film showed, no, this dude was like, you got him cuffed and you're walking him out. And how's he, how can he resist you? How can he resist you? And in my opinion, yeah, the dude showed no remorse uh, keeping his knee on Mr. Floyd's neck. But my question is, what about you other three knuckleheads? You're standing around watching this guy brutalize this guy, and you don't have the moral courage to say, man, stop it. You didn't do that. So I agree with the family that, you know what, you need to charge these other three fools, too. They need to be charged as well, because what was the old saying? Guilt by association. Yep. You're there and you chose to look the other way while this guy's brutalizing this guy and he's begging for help. And you don't don't say anything to try to stop this. So you're implicit in my view. You're implicit just like the other guys. You You know, Wayne, some of it is the fact that the police officers are has such a close fraternity, you know, and if one person stands out, say maybe this guy was a a sergeant or something, or he'd been on the force longer and the other three guys were, you know, hadn't been in, in the force that long. So, you know, etiquette's going to say, Hey, I'm not going to say anything about Sarge, you know, I'm not going to say it's not my place to do that, you know, because of some silent code or some ethical thing that the uh, not ethical, but uh, a uh, like an idea that the police officers have that prevented them probably from doing that, which also is going to get them in trouble. You know, and the mayor and the mayor of uh, Minneapolis says those guys should be fired and he fi- they were fired. He fired them. OK, yeah. They were fired, but I, I, I'm hoping that they get charged with something as well, yeah. because at some point your your basic um, what's the word I'm looking for 
Your basic sense of humanity, humanity has yep. your basic sense of humanity has to kick in and say, dude, this dude can't breathe. You're killing this guy, man. Get up off of him. Where where, where is that? It yeah. did not trigger. And, and and the second thing about this is quit, quit, um, quit uh, doing your job under the guise of protect and serve. It means nothing. Take that motto off your cars because you are not protecting anybody. You aren't serving anybody. If you're going to let a man die in the street because you can't exercise the basic element of humanity and stop this guy from killing this guy, then no, you ain't protecting and serving anyone. So quit using that slogan because it's meaningless. It means nothing. Yeah. It's like the old Charlie Brown. Wah, 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 wah. Everybody's going to ignore it, and and the people in Minneapolis and people around the country feel the pain. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just like you know, back to Rodney. You know, we've always known that the Los Angeles Police Department was brutal, yeah. and they practiced brutality towards uh, citizens in the city, in the city, especially you know, brown and black and then Rodney King happens and then for the first time people see this is how brutal they can be. Yeah. You know, the the motion picture or the photograph has been has done more to help out people's causes than anything. Because number one, pictures don't lie. Right. Video doesn't lie. On Black Sunday Going across the Edmund Pettus Bridge, you know, most of the people in the north would go, "Oh, that's that would never happen." You know, no, no worries to that. Uh, that's happening down south, but the the video of what happened on Edmund Pettus Bridge wakened the United States on how brutal things were in the south towards minorities and black folks. Yep. Yep. I, I, you know, I, I, it's, it's, it's appalling, man. What, what, you know, we, we, we titled our, our episode last week, um, black people catching hell. We've been catching hell, man, for killer Mike. Are you, are you familiar with killer Mike? Yes. Killer Mike said something very profound yesterday. My wife was, was, was uh, listening to killer Mike on Sirius XM on Friday and killer Mike made a point. The United States is 240-something years old, I think. The Constitution was ratified in 1776. So that's 200... 1789. 1789. So yeah. the United States is 240-something years old, you yeah, know, in yeah, that yeah. neighborhood. Um, black folks, if you think about it, the Civil Rights Act of 1964 was passed... Uh, we we were slavery was abolished. Civil Rights Act of 1964. We got the right to vote with the uh, 19th Amendment, I believe, to the Constitution. Mm -hmm. um, so in reality, we've only been, if you want to use the word free for maybe for about 50 something years, 40, 45, 50 something years. Yep. And all that time, even though. We were, quote, free. We've been catching hell before <laughs> and all during that time. And I think what you're seeing now across the across this country is 
People are literally man tired. I've heard so many people say that, that they are tired. They are literally tired, man, of having to deal with what black people have to deal with every day. It is it is hard being black in this country, man. It is hard. That's why we die early. We got all these other issues going on. It is hard, man. It is hard. And so I don't know what the answer is. I, I wish I wish I could wave a magic wand and and everything was hunky dory, but that ain't gonna happen. And I, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm fearful for myself. I'm fearful for my brothers, my nephews, my dad. My dad's older. I'm fearful for my friends like yourself, other friends, Joey, friends we've got that we grew up with. I'm fearful, man, because all you have, people just have to say, you know, to 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 put your life in danger is to make a accusation toward you. It's like that lady did in Central Park. That there you go. I'm being threatened by a black man. And she invoked, she invoked the power that she inherently knew she had, that she could call the police on this man and put his life in danger. That was the power she exercised. And And you know what? And and she said the code word, (laughs) which means come and help me right now because I may be attacked by this big black man. Right, right. And, And when they use... I mean, hey, I'm being attacked by this man in Central Park. Come and help me. Yep. Uh, ma'am, we'll, okay, uh, w- w- what's <laughs> going on? You know, uh, well, I- I'm being attacked by this man. He's He's got binoculars and he's supposed yep. to be bird watching. Well, he's bird watching. Well, you know, that's, that's okay, ma'am, whatever. But then she used the code word. I'm being attacked by an African-American man. Oh, yeah. God, let's get there. Hit the whistle. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Get up, Timmy. Get the hell in the car. Let's go. <laughs> and so yeah. you know, the code word is we got to, it goes back to the old Ku Klux Klan thing. We got to protect our white women. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. go back to D.W. Griffith and the birth of yeah. Yeah. the nation. Yeah. You know, what did they have? They had some guy in blackface uh, ravaging some white woman. And then the the clan was going to come in and help save this white woman from these black beasts that are coming yeah. in to rape and pillage and so yeah. on. When yeah. they use when they're in a public place like that, and they use I'm being attacked by an African-American or black man. That's the code word to mean come full force. Right. As fast as you can, because I need help. I don't care what the hell happens, but get these people out of my face. Get them out. Yep, yep. And 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 it's it's. I'm just yeah. You you have to sympathize with. I mean, we understand it. We understand it, and we lament about it every day. But there's there's so many incidents, man. Time and time again, it's the same crap. Every day, somebody's accused. Somebody doesn't have a right to be in this space because they're black. You're driving while black. You're picnicking while black. You're bird watching while black. I mean, <laughs> yeah. You can't do anything. Right. You can't <laughs> do anything while black. 
And then you you got that element going on. Then you're victimized by the people who are supposed to be protecting and serving you. You're victimized by them. Or you've got vigilante people. You're jogging in, in, in your own neighborhood and they feel like, oh, this dude's a threat. What is he doing? Let's get in our trucks and let's let's go chase after him, whatnot. I mean, we're catching it from all angles, man. Yeah. So I, I'm concerned. You're concerned. I'm sure a lot of people in this country are like, where the hell can we go to be safe? <laughs> well, we got to go to the moon. Do we? Do we need to? Do we need to get a SpaceX launch? And like, black <laughs> folks, we going to the moon. Colonize the moon. We know we can be safe on the moon. You know, but, but you, you, you know one thing, Wayne. Let's look at it this way: white folks are tired of hearing about it, also, but they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to, they want to talk about some, it. Some don't want to talk about <laughs> some it. Some don't want to but, talk about it. But white folks are tired of hearing about it, too, because, you know, to eliminate it, you just, they got to start doing right. Well, Until it, it, if you start doing right, there won't be the issue. Right. And we won't have to say, we're tired of catching hell. Well, let all those other people do the right thing and we won't be you right. won't hear it right as simple as that right i uh, i heard um and I, I powerful powerful what this sister said tamika mallory she said something the other day man that was quite profound uh, if you go out to youtube you can probably catch it but she was giving a speech and she said you know people were complaining about the looting and whatnot and she said you know what we learned all this looting from you why do I say that? Because you came over here and you looted the Native Americans. Yep. You 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 looted black people, you know, to get them to to do you know in, in indentured servitude. You've been looting America time and time again, and you've been violent toward people time and time again. So if you want things to change, then you got to do better. You have got to do better. And she was addressing that to white America. You have to do better. And um, there's a book I'm reading now, man. It's called White Fragility. And the subtitle of that is Why White Americans Feel Uncomfortable Talking About Racism. Good book. I encourage Mm -hmm. you to pick up a copy. Check it out. But that that is it, man. America, and we've talked about this before, man. America needs to get real. America needs to get real, quit fronting, get real, stand up to the creed of your constitution that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men, black, white, Native American, Asian, whatever, Latino, they are all created equal and they are endowed with certain alienable rights. That is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. America needs to get real on that. If they can get real on that, then this this might go away one day. But I, why white America has a tough time with that, I don't know. Yeah. But it's your constitution. The founding fathers wrote that constitution at a time when we didn't matter. And <laughs> nobody else mattered who were not white. But guess what? Things progress. Times change. And so if we say that the Constitution is the founding document of this country. Things have changed. It's not just a white country anymore. We are a melting pot. 
we are a melting pot of diverse people, then the Constitution needs to serve everyone, period. It needs to serve everybody. That's how we start to rectify this, this other pandemic of racism. And we need, to, we need to make sure that people are held accountable. That's our right under the Constitution is to not be brutalized by the police. We need to be able to protest freely because that's our First Amendment right. The Constitution needs to uh, be for everyone, not just a few. And that's why people are pissed off. That's why people are pissed off. Yeah. And, and I, I think another thing, Wayne, is the fact that there are constitutional liberties. There are uh, Supreme Court judgments that have been favorable to the disenfranchised, to the uh, lower socioeconomic and so on. And then the powers to be uh, have have tried to stamp that out. And going back to what you said, I'm not getting anything out of this. So why should he or they, they're getting the upper hand on, on, on people. They're getting stuff and I'm not getting. Well, those people don't realize that they're already 10 steps ahead for just being who they are. Right, right. You know, I was, I was telling Lynn the other day that I was in Kroger's and I had to stop by there to pick up something real quick. And there was this Chin family. I, I don't know if I told you this or not, but there's this Chin family. You know, they're from uh, Burma, you know, Myanmar and so on. They're, they're recent immigrants. And so I'm standing there getting ready to check out because I was going to get a bag of ice or something. So I had to switch over to a different uh, kiosk to, to check out. And the lady that was, you know, there's always one person that's in charge of the self-checkout. Right, right. And so this this uh, Burmese or this Chin lady was standing there with her daughter. And the daughter may have been probably five years old, maybe something like that. And so the chin lady said, well, just hold on, honey, real quick. I'm going to get a lottery ticket. And so as I'm, you know, sticking my credit card in there, the lady that's working for credit, uh, working for Kroger said, hmm, I can't believe our good taxpayers money is going towards these people playing the lottery. And I'm like, really, you mean to tell me that you feel that you are giving her something that you don't have? She doesn't deserve to do what she wants with her money? Well, taxpayer dollars are helping these people out. Well, you know, we've had this, we had a debate with, well, we're not still teaching, that these uh, people feel that these guys are coming over here and the government's giving them like forty, fifty thousand dollars once they get here and so on. And because um, I had, you know, some chin students and I asked the question, do you guys get forty, fifty thousand dollars? You know, they the government just gives you cash to come here. And she said, no, Mr. Johnson. She said the government gives us loans that we have to pay back. Right. But they don't. They don't give us any. They don't give us any money. She wow. says, "Well, several of us we live together to save money so that we can buy our own 
yeah. our own houses. We can get our own apartments and so on. Yeah. You know, so the the thing that that kind of pissed me off is the fact that you know there are other poor people that get government money and they pay for lottery tickets. You know, they may be white, they may be they may be black. They, you can't tell people where to, people where to spend their money, so right. they want to they want to buy a, a two dollar scratch off. You know, they have the privilege to do that, but and I think she wanted me to give a response like I'm agree with her. Well, I didn't say a damn word. I looked at her. I kind of rolled my eyes like, oh Jesus, oh man. You know, so. Wow. That's that's wow. where we are, you know. As you said, there are certain people that can talk about these situations, and there are other people that don't want to talk about it because they feel that they don't want to hear the truth. Maybe, you know. Excuse me. You know, they 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 don't want to hear the truth, and that's why we have to constantly say it. Right. You know, these things are happening. Well, they say we're tired of hearing about you. Well, hell, if you guys freaking act right, you won't be hearing about us. If you give us the opportunity, you won't be hearing us hearing about us. Right. You right. know, and so on. So right. we don't, you know, James Brown said it best. I don't want nobody to give me nothing. Yeah. Open up the door. I'll get it myself. Get myself. Yeah. Yeah. You yep. know, we don't want to be in these situations. Some people, they don't want to be in that situation. You know, they just want an opportunity. Yeah. And they and they and they want a fair opportunity. You know what I'm saying? They they they, yeah. they, they want to have the game rigged before they they even get on the field to play. You right. know, it, it, if you're getting if you're getting that interview and 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 everything's level, I should get the same thing. And it's, it's across the board. I mean, I just, whoo, man, this is, this is, we could take this in a 50, 50 million directions because it all <laughs> yeah. back, it all comes back to the same thing. And that is black folks in this country are tired. They are tired of everything. And, um, I think, uh, I don't know if you watched, um, press conference today from the governor of Minnesota. I never heard a white man say what he said during his press conference. And Cynthia and I were sitting there and we're like, whoa, I've never heard a white man say this before. Mm -hmm. He said, Minnesota's a beautiful state. We got 10,000 lakes. We got this. We got Mayo Clinic. We got all this stuff. Minnesota's a great place to live if you're white. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what? What did we say? Yeah. Yeah. And I could say the same thing about here. Park uh -huh. is a great place to live, but there ain't nothing here for black people. There's nothing here. Indiana is the same way, you know. So when 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 we look at at where we find ourselves, it is it it's tough, man. And and the only people that can sympathize with our experience is another black person. Yeah, nobody else can sympathize with us. Well, Wayne, I went up. To, I. Uh... <laughs> Four years ago, in 2017, I had a fraternity meeting in Minneapolis, and we took up probably 55 
guys from Indiana to go to uh, Minneapolis for this fraternity um, regional meeting, provincial meeting. And we got there on we got there Thursday afternoon, and you know I'm the chairman of new membership for our the local chapter, Indianapolis alumni chapter of Cap Alpha Psi. So me and two other alumni members, we said, hey, you know, once we check them in, we're good for the rest of the day. So let's let's go and just kind of check out Minneapolis. And Minneapolis is kind of neat because once you get in the city, you don't ever have to get outside, go outside because all the downtown buildings are connected with skywalks. Wow. So, you know, if you catch a train into Minneapolis and you get to downtown, every building is connected. You never have to go outside. Hmm. So wow. we, we were just kind of walking around, you know. And, you know, when you get that feeling that somebody's watching you. Yep, yep. <laughs> and so we were kind of walking around. You know, we had our, uh, you know, we just just kind of walking around. And I felt like somebody was just watching me. And I will say this, and I'm not going to, I'm not saying this to make Minneapolis look bad, but Minneapolis was the whitest city I've ever been in in my life. <laughs> So now this is downtown. So we're walking around and people are literally stopping and staring at three black grown men in their 60s. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they stop and will stop, not just stop, you know, and how you try to play it off. They would stop, turn and look like you're not supposed to be down here. Like, what are these three black men doing down here? And so I felt not uneasy, but I felt that, you know, this is this is different. And 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 as we were walking, we we were walking and went through one part and we had to go outside because we were going to uh, Fifth Avenue, um, you know, the, the club that Prince Right. Know, got his career and we had to go outside for that. Yeah. But man, when we got back in, it was it was it was different. Hell, huh? wait, wait, wait. It gets better. You know, this was uh Thursday. Friday they had the initiation of the new members of our fraternity and so on. So and I kid you not, Wayne, uh we had a meeting to go to go to after the initiation. So we changed into these crimson blazers, white shirts, and black black tie. I mean, uh, black slacks. So me and one of the guys that I just initiated from the Indianapolis alumni chapter, me and he, him, we get on the elevator. We go down the floor. The doors open up. And this white lady comes on, and we're standing there, just kind of standing on the elevator. And she turns around and says... Wow, I didn't know this hotel had so many elevator operators. <laughs> she sure did. Oh, and, and, and I looked at her and I looked at the, the guy that just went over the new member of fraternity and we just shook her head. Wow. Like, like, yep, 
to the back of the bus again. Wow. Now, why would she why would she assume assume that? Because there was a whole bunch of us that was in Minneapolis. Yeah. You know, we all on that day we were all wearing these crimson blazers, white shirts, you know, red ties and black slacks. Wow. You well, know, so I, I I've gotten to a point that I don't even want to wear the red jacket, the crimson jacket. It's got a fraternity, right. you know, uh, coat of arms on it and so on. Hell, back in January, we were down at the <laughs> at the Indiana State Museum. And, you know, I'm an officer and the officers went down there to take pictures that we can send out uh, for other, you know, for advertisement and so on. I swear, Wayne, I swear, two ladies came up to us. Two white ladies came up to us and said, hey, what singing group are you guys belong to? <laughs> so from that point on, wow. I said, I am not going to wear that damn Crimson Jackson out in public from this point on. Is that what they think of us? Well, again, you know, it's. I, it's oh man, it's it's just gosh, man. You you your hands <laughs> hurt after a while because again, we 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 get it from so many angles, man. We get it from so many angles. You know, you're 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 being stereotyped. One, you're in a hotel. She assumes you're in a position of servitude because you're you're the elevator operator. You must be you must be working in this hotel. Yep. You know, that's the way you are. You're in a position of servitude. Um, you're an entertainer. You're an athlete, whatever. Um, I mean, we, 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 we don't ever like, look, can't I just be, you know, we never get to that point, man. And, you know, we, we catch it from so many angles. Like I said, either people are calling the police on us because you don't have a right to be here. We're getting brutalized by the police for silly ass stuff that like, you know what? The average person would be let go and, 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 you know, have a nice day, go away. You know, George Floyd is brutalized supposedly for uh, passing a counterfeit bill, he may not even know that bill was counterfeit. Exactly. That's what, I, that's what I'm talking about. Counterfeit. But yet you're going to brutalize this man and kill him over something like that. And so, you know, you can't jog. You can't uh, picnic. You can't barbecue. You can't drive your car. You can't do anything in this country while black. That's what it's. That's what it's come to. It's not coming to. It's it's here, and so we got to be on guard, man. I don't know what the answer is. Um, I don't. I don't know. I, I'm just frustrated. I'm scared. I'm fearful. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of other people are like, where the hell do we go that we can just be? I don't know. I don't know. And 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 before we wrap up that, I don't want to throw this out to you, man. It was something your former governor said. <laughs> the former governor of your state said. He made yep. Yeah, he made a statement that, you know, the people protesting the death of Mr. Floyd, uh peaceful protest, we want that, we we applaud that. People have a right to peaceful protest. We don't like to see the you know the looting violence, but the peaceful protest, um, people have a right to do that. So people jumped on his ass right away. Why? Because you and your dumbass boss made <laughs> a big issue out of Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. Yep. You went to a football game and pulled a stupid ass stunt. You stayed. 
10 minutes or whatever it was, and he got up and left because what? People were protesting peacefully. They were exercising their First Amendment rights in a peaceful manner. But that was unacceptable to you. So people went after his ass on Twitter like, oh, you're such a hypocrite, man. You are such a hypocrite. Why, why is this protest peaceful? It's, yeah, it's peaceful. Why is this acceptable? But what Colin Kaepernick did to bring light to everything that's going on, yep. why was he so um, vilified? Yeah. Why was he so vilified? Yep. And you were one of the people who did that along with your dumbass boss. Yep. You know? So people called out Roger Goodell for the same thing. He made a statement about, oh, these people have a right to peaceful protest. Didn't Colin Kaepernick have a right to peaceful, to peaceful yep. protest? I mean, so a lot of these people, man, who are saying, you know, we, we, we're really sorry that George Floyd died. You're a hypocrite. You're a hypocrite. You don't care anything about George Floyd, you know. And I, I don't believe anything the current occupant says. He made a call to the family. Man, I wouldn't even answer the freaking phone. <laughs> Man, I don't want to talk to this dude. He he has no moral, uh, no no empathy DNA in his whole body. But now you want to applaud people for peaceful peaceful protest. But you vilified Colin Kaepernick, who by taking a knee made he said, "Look, we need to stop." this brutality of people of color in the streets. Yeah. And we got, that's what we got Memorial Day. We got the brutalization of Mr. George Floyd in the streets of Minneapolis. So Colin Kaepernick's stand is still valid. Uh, he was exercising his First Amendment rights to peaceful protest. Yeah. Uh, so for all these people now who are like, oh, you're a hypocrite. You're a hypocrite. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah. And, and, and to piggyback on that, Wayne, the fact that it's okay for citizens to go to state capitals and carry guns when they're supposed to be peacefully protesting. Yes, yes. You know, and Colin Kaepernick takes a knee for the same reason that we're talking about this right now. Right. He has been ostracized by the NFL because of that situation. Yeah. You know, 32 owners are afraid of a knee. Yeah. 32 owners are afraid that the people that's paying the majority of their salaries are not going to come out to watch those games. They're going to lose revenue because of some preconceived idea that this person is violating the quote unquote constitution or freedom of speech by or the flag or servicemen by taking a knee. Yep, yep, yep. You know, they, yep. there's, as I said in our last podcast a couple of weeks ago, some people just have to have an enemy. Yep, yep. You know, Absolutely right. What, what can't I be mad at today? Oh, it's Colin Kaepernick. Let's burn his jersey. Let's do this. Oh, what can I be mad at today? Yep. Folks are rioting in Minneapolis. The yep. whitest city in America. Yep. 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 I um I want to throw go, this. Yep. If you go and look at if you go in and, and look, I mean there are good white folks out there. I have plenty of white friends. Some I know of a few that listen to our podcast religiously. Yeah. And they're very positive, open minded, 
people that get it. We can have a discussion about anything, black, white, orange, purple, pink, violence, you know, the space shuttle going up. And we're not afraid to talk to one another by having a, a simple dialogue. Right. And that's those are the people that I respect the most. I can have a dialogue with this man and his son, you know, or his sons about anything. Yep. Race, it doesn't matter yep. because they are good people and yep. good people don't see the evil in others. Right. You right. know, good people can talk, have a discussion about anything and not blow it up to be this is a racial thing. Well, yep. Races. America was built on race. Yeah. I mean, we came from Europe. I mean, before the 1500s, there was no race. No. Nope. Racism only came around after the British Empire went out and started conquering people. Yep. And then they had to start. Well, these people are Indian from yep. Southwest Asia. We can't do this. You have to do this. Yeah. These people are Native Americans, so let's make them into this. Oh, these are Africans. Well, we're going to do this. So there's where the labels started coming in. There was no, there was no racism before the 1600s, before the British Empire, you know, reached out and began to colonize. Well, guess who we came from? We came from the British Empire. So those that racism that they developed in the 1500s or the 16th century just translated to America. Yeah. It is a race is a made up construct. But one thing that the, I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to cut you off, but one thing that the British did do is that they eliminated slavery a hundred years, a century before we got our independence. As far as slavery goes, the 13th amendment, the British had eliminated slavery over in England. Now, I'm not saying that they don't have race issues, but they've officially eliminated while we were still fighting the Civil War and then post-Civil War. Yep, yep, yep. You're absolutely. And then post-Post-Civil War. You're and then post-World War One. Then yep. post-World War Two, And then the Korean War and Vietnam. It goes on and on and on until, as you mentioned, until... White folks get real and we can have a civil conversation and talk about this dialogue more often Then they're always going to feel guilty. Yep. They don't like to hear about it because they don't want to talk about it. Right. 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 And uh, just saying. Yeah. No, that's that's dead on, man. Um, again, America needs to get real, man. America needs to get real and tell the true story about this country, what it's been built on. Uh, what each group that's here that we welcome with open arms. We got a big statue out in the freaking middle of uh, New York Harbor that says, we welcome you. Give us your tired, your poor, your huddle masses. We got a statue out there. <laughs> so we've, we've invited people to come into this country. Why? Because the pie is is better, man, when you got more ingredients in it. You know, the mix is better when you got more ingredients in it. And every person that's come here has bring something different to the table that makes America what it is. Yeah. For some reason, we 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 don't want to tell that story. And until that happens, we're going to have what we see going on right now because people feel they aren't being heard, they aren't being respected. 
and they're being, you know, they're already to an extent disenfranchised. But you're keeping the you to 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 use what's going on. You're keeping the neck. You're keeping the knee on people's neck, man. <laughs> yeah. And you're not you're not letting them up. You're continually to treat them like crap. And so at some point, people rebel and they're yeah. tired of it. So this we is, ha- we have to work ourselves out of this as well. Right. You and, know, I, and this is this is what I'd like to throw in. You know, before we wrap up. I I think one way that we can bring about some change in the way we are viewed in this country and the way we are treated, when Colin Kaepernick took that knee to to bring to light what's going on right now in Minneapolis across this country, the brutality of, of black folks in this country, when he took that knee, there were only a couple of people that supported him, that stood by him and said, yeah, man, we got your back. What I would like to to have saw was all the high-profile athletes, entertainers across the spectrum, the things that we bring to the table in this country that we overwhelmingly represent in, I would have liked to have seen everybody said, you know what? We got Brother Collins back. We're not playing any more football. We're not playing any more basketball. We ain't playing any baseball. We ain't making any more rap music. We're not doing anything till we get certain things in place that benefit our community. Because why? It's an economic thing. People understand when you're taking money out of their pocket. And all the things I just mentioned, we put a lot of money in people's pocket. We have $3 trillion spending power in this country, man, that we aren't using effectively. Yeah. So that's what I would like to see, man. Shut it down and demand certain things from this country because we're contributing a lot. We aren't getting a whole lot back in return. But so shut it down. Shut it down. The, the I bet one risk would have happened. The, the one thing that goes along with that is the, the idea that some entertainers – athletes, musicians, or whatnot have made it, you know, so they, you know, if, if I can throw a football, you know, 70 yards and, and, and so on, I'm going to be a millionaire coming out of college. And so people aren't going to want to do that because they're going to give up something as opposed, you know, they're looking at the monetary aspect of it as opposed to the moral aspect of it. You know, even when we go back to the civil rights movement, a lot of people that were the middle class or the upper class black folks in, let's say, Montgomery or, or Birmingham, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. became the leader of the bus boycott because the black preachers who had been preaching for a long time was sitting on easy street and they were comfortable with their status. They were not going to stick their neck out and get that neck chopped off because they had money to lose. They had status to lose. 
But we got this 26-year-old guy who just opened up his first church. Let's push him out there. Let's let's see if he'll do it. Let's have him chop his head off, and we'll stay where we are. We'll keep our nice homes, nice cars, nice con- congregation, and so on. That's what athletes, that's what musicians, that's what entertainers, that's what these people are afraid of now. Yes, I agree with you. They should get out there. They're, they are an economic juggernaut because black folks are consumers. Yeah. We don't make anything. We buy every freaking thing there is. Yeah. Okay. So those people, until they suffer some, give up some of their status, give up some of their money by the by demanding that these things change, then it's not ever going to change. Nope. Yeah, look at look at the guy. At, at, we're, this is going to go longer, but that's that's fine. Look at the the guy at the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. You know, Dak Prescott. You know, his owner basically said, "Boy, you better shut your mouth." You know, because when the Colin Kaepernick thing came down. Yeah. Uh, he he said that hey, I'm just here to play football. I'm just here to play football. I'm not going to take any stance on anything because he knew somewhere down the line that he was going to get a big paycheck, a paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. And as of right now, he's negotiating his contract for maybe a hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. Maybe a hundred million dollars. And so by him not sticking his neck out then, he got himself a point that I'm 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 looking out there at the future. Yeah. So but I, I agree with you hundred percent that if they shut down the entertainment industry, they shut down the sports for, for black folks and so on, the NBA, the NFL, uh, major league baseball and so on. Shut it down. Then they're they would suffer and then right. they'll come around. Well absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Same things would, you know what? Things would get. Hey, this is we want this, this, that, that. Uh, we we have a manifesto, <laughs> and, and and a lot of this, you know, police brutality. How are you vetting police? We have a list. We have a prepared list that we want enacted. And until we see some change in these areas, guess what? We ain't producing jack. We ain't playing jack. Nothing. And that that's that's the power we have. But we can't get to that point to collectively come together to do that. And I, I wish, man, I wish it would happen. But the Kaepernick, when Kaepernick took that knee, that was the perfect time. Yeah. That was the perfect time. And final, go ahead. Go, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I'll say fi- final thoughts because we're, we're, yeah. we're getting yes, final. past that. Yeah. Final thoughts is that two things go together. And I posted this on the friend's Facebook page that was going live with the protests in our hometown, Elizabethtown. I said, it's good to protest, but it's also is good to vote. You have got to do both because some of these sheriffs, some of these elected officials, if you vote their ass out, it's not, it's not going to do any good just to protest. You got to use your vote as a method of speaking to these people. Yep. Yep. If you if you don't do your job, I'm giving you four years. You don't do your job, your ass is out. I'm voting you out. Right, right. Period. So there, that's the other thing is that we got to use our we have to use our political voice in the ballot box to also uh, get what we want. 
right, you know, right. because because blowing up shit and breaking shit ain't doing it. Nope. No. Nope. When you start when you start taking away these people's livelihoods, their congressman who wants to be a congressman for 45 friggin' years or senator for 36 years like Moscow Mitch, Yertle the Turtle. <laughs> when you start taking away, you get them out of there, then people will listen. I'm voting for you to do this. You don't do this, your ass is out also. You know, that's right, man. And 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 it's this is this is big coming up, man. This is this is big coming up. And and you you may have heard some of the chatter on Twitter and and whatnot about certain black folks saying, you know, we're gonna hold the black vote hostage, you know, this or that. And I'm like, man, I don't give a rat's ass, man. If Limu Emu is running against Trump, I'm voting for Limu Emu, man. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? Because we 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 have got to clean up the government, man. I mean, on all levels. And that would, like you said, that eliminates a lot of this um, good old boyism that goes on in a lot of these local police departments or whatnot, who end up policing our neighborhoods and brutalizing people within those neighborhoods. We need to vote their asses out. And so coming up here in about six months or so, you got to exercise your right. As you said, it's good to protest, to exercise that First Amendment right. But you also have the right as a citizen of this country to exercise the right to vote, whether that's in person. People are trying to stop mail-in ballots. We can't let that happen either. So either way, in person, mail in, you must exercise your right to vote to bring about the change that we all know is needed in this country. So that that that's my final thought, my friend. And, um, you know, our prayers and thoughts are with George Floyd's family. Uh, we hope that something positive comes out of this. Uh, we've got one officer arrested again. I'm hoping that the other three who stood by and watched this man be brutalized, I hope they are arrested as well. So we'll keep our eye on what's going on across the country. Hopefully things stay peaceful. And uh, again, people are exercising their First Amendment rights to do so. And let's hope it stays peaceful. So that that is my final thought, my friend. Yeah, that's a good one. We'll, we'll continue with that on a later date, man. Um you know, we're just having a discussion here. You know, two two guys that grew up. You know, we have issues that are that are taking place, and we're just we're using um, this as a forum. You know, we're using podcasts as a forum to discuss views that we want to discuss. And if any of our listening audience have views that they want to discuss, please hit us up. You know. Uh, leave a note. You can leave it on directly on uh, SoundCloud, or we have a um, Facebook page. You know, we we don't want to just deal with certain issues. If there's something that's out there that you think can spark interest and good conversation, let's do it. Because we're not afraid to talk. Because we've always we've always talked our entire life. So, you know, we'll 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 leave that at that, and we'll be signing off for this week's episode of Across the Tracks. Right. We're out. We're out of here. Chiliamo dopo. Sayonara.